Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Welcome to the Fashion Lab show, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. My name is Liz Ogumba, registered your host, and thank you for tuning in once again. Now, on today's show, we are back to dissect the topic around nativism in fashion today with a specific focus on homegrown brands. Now, allow me to break down nativism in fashion as sort of the policy of promoting the interests of native brands. I think it's close to patriotism. I don't know, but I reckon here we go. Anyway, fashion companies have had to wake up not only to the tougher economic environment, but I think also to sort of the changing consumer trends and shifts in the fashion system. And obviously this includes um, the important topic we're about to uh, dissect today. Now, it's a focus that's slowly evolving in various markets, I would say, across the uh, global fashion sphere. I think it's all about home, homegrown brands rising up, sort of replacing the most grounded outside brands. Now, recently in China, women in China are literally buying lingerie spun uh, Victoria's Secret for homegrown brands. So what happened is even though Victoria's Secret is uh, in China is claiming a growing share of the country's uh, lingerie market, which is I think expected to be worth more than $64 billion by the end of 2022, according to business consulting firm Frost & Sullivan. Women in leading cities such as Shanghai are actually rejecting its branding and sort of buying more feminine Chinese lingerie. So it sort of seems like local lingerie makers sort of understand better what the sophisticated young Chinese consumer wants when it comes to comfort, when it comes to, I think, also a more unisex look. So a store boss says, according to a China Morning Post article by Je Jennifer Rapp, is bringing it closer to home. Uh, fashion is a growing industry, and that's what they want to sort of protect. Now, I want to also touch on Rwanda, which is quite impressive. I think Rwanda is one of those places in the continent that I've always been thinking, and I'm thinking, you know what, I want to move. But at the same time, I'm like, if I was to move to Africa, a different part of Africa, where would it be? Anyway, what I love about Rwanda as well is it also continues to thrive with Rwandan designers sort of making waves across the continent in Africa and beyond. And Margaret Mandea on her Weekender article emphasized on the fact that while government of Rwanda has sort of put place the Made in Rwanda initiative to sort of promote locally made products, it's actually the local designers that have been the driving force. Um, sort of when you think about Made in Rwanda, I know in South Africa, there's also a Made in South Africa, pr proudly South African, sorry, that's what they call it. But this Made in Rwanda is really becoming a style or lifestyle choice for women in Rwanda and beyond. Uh, this um, Mandera also insists that gone are the days where women look to Paris and Milan for style inspiration, if you would think about it and how we normally operate here in the continent. But she insists that today's Rwandan woman does not have to look too far to discover bold fashion trends. So they're very much focusing on Rwanda's top female designers. The fashion brands have sort of combined exquisite design with African influences and a modern design to create and to sort of focus on that homegrown fashion trend that has been captured both by the traditions and sort of aspirations of Rwanda. So I believe, frankly, that, you know, there's definitely hope around nativism and more passion driven by the African consumer in the African brand avenue. However, I am still, and I have to say, still very disappointed that we have to talk about this today. And to be honest with you, we are talking about this today. There's still enough to celebrate from the continent's consumer who is still chasing Louis Vuitton, Gucci or whatever else before investing in the local trans, I mean local brands. But one more thing I also have to emphasize on is 
Don't also get it twisted for those of you who are tuned in. I'm not a person who sits and advocates for buy local because it's local. I actually stand for buy local because it's so damn freaking good. You have no other choice but to buy local. So while you're at it, also you get to contribute to the growth of the GDP of this vicious industry, which is obviously estimated at about 15 billion US dollars by 2021. So before getting in too deep uh, in today's topic, allow me to introduce our contributors. Uh, we are joined by contributor and partner Edgy Benson, who also runs NU in New York with Echoes from New York. Welcome to the show, Edgy. Thank you, Liz. How are you? Ade. <laughs> small, small. <laughs> How are you? We did too. I'm uh, fine. I'm very fine. good. Just recovering from Fashion Week, but it's good. Very good. I'm going to want us to touch base on some updates uh, towards the end of the show. And especially in relation to this conversation that I think is so important. I'd love to see or to understand that I think our listeners would also love to know what you've sort of captured based on the shows that you've attended so far and sort of the trends that you see and sort of the element of that whole nativism in fashion and where it's going. But who are you wearing and who made your clothes if you're not wearing diesel or like city junk? Well, I am wearing those two brands. Again, seriously. Yeah, I am wearing those two brands. Okay, guys. Uh, sad <laughs> sadly, we are going to have to move on. <laughs> Diesel, I am going to start having conversations with you because I gave up. But now at this point... See, that's why I didn't even name Brand ambassador, Brand ambassador Edgy is here too. He's on the standing. He's on the long run. He's not going anywhere. I mean, it's been five years. Oh, my word. Edgy, thank you for joining us on the show today. Uh, we are also joined by Zakia Bam from Glamish uh, with her Echoes Around Beauty. What are you wearing and who made your clothes? And welcome to the show. You know, I just saw you a few Thank minutes you, ago, so I kind of almost feel like we've been hanging out for yes. the day. But yes. Welcome. Okay, today I am wearing um, a three-quarter denim skirt with a little black top. And it, we are in between seasons, so I've got a uh, canary yellow jacket on. I loved that. And let's talk Yellow about let's talk hot. about your heels because those I was like girl, <laughs> I'm not your shoe size child, but whoo Yes. Do not leave those <laughs> shoes outside I, my I show. Love shoes. You know, normally women go for handbags, I'm a shoe girl. <laughs> my collection is insane. I think I need to actually stop now. <laughs> but want... can can a girl ever get enough of shoes? I don't think we can get enough of shoes, but what what what, what are you wearing? What who's that? <laughs> today that was really hot um uh those shoes are from it's just a local store hmm. so actually supporting locally yes okay. it was it was about 350 rand so it was a really good buy and are they comfortable for 350 they are insanely comfortable <laughs> guys here we are talking and unpacking on this topic around nativism Definitely we are talking is. about homegrown and there is a kia working homegrown like it's 2000 22 but anyway <laughs> thank you for joining <laughs> us thank you for joining us last but not Thanks least we are joined by uh, amanda van anan amanda welcome to the show hello liz how are you we are fine thank you how are you who are you wearing and who made your clothes what i want to know um today i'm wearing a top it's um i would say it's kind of like um rusty kind of it's look you know it's something it's a it's like an, I wouldn't call it orange, it's like a rust color, it's from Zara, and it's an open back top. I'm wearing a pair of jeans from Uniqlo. I've got a little cardigan, it's a um, blue cream and 
It's got the same rust color as my top and it's by Vivian Westwood. And for shoes, I'm wearing the classic Hermes slipper. Check you H. out. Okay. Well, you know what you could <laughs> so do I'm is at least, it up. yeah, what you could do is send us a picture so we see what it's like. But yes, welcome to the show and thank yes. you for joining us. I will. <laughs> now I for will. the yes. Now as you're tuned in, catch up with us on our, on our wine style guide where we touch base about everything wine and style. Uh, and lastly, look out for my favorite segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to share with us your who's and your why's. Um, keep your tweets coming. We are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter and we are on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. And we definitely want to hear from you. Echoes from New York on Fashion Lab Africa with Edgy Benson. <laughs> so New York, New York has been amazing this this week because of Fashion Week. And, you know, it's. This topic that we're talking about today, the nativism um, in fashion, which is it's really new. I, I think we're probably very early in broaching this subject, but maybe it's a very good thing because we we're saying let's be totally native in our in our outlook, in how we promote our fashion, in how we design it, and how just have to have this designer community community designer interplay um, because it's going to be important on how it's going to be important to us as brands of as, as fashion brands in how we relate to our communities how we interact with our communities because at the end of the day because people are buying emotion and patriotism and and all of these feelings around where we come from are waking up you know and fashion is not going to be untouched by this by this by these trends, you know, by these trends in behavior, by these trends in emotions uh, towards where I come from, what my culture is. Because when you look at Vuitton or Gucci and the rest of these people, their influences are hugely African, hugely cultural. Africa is so cultural that a lot of design is tied into this culture. Do you really you know? think so? I didn't think so. I didn't think Trust so. Trust me. I thought there was Trust a lot me. of na <laughs> native elements <laughs> and native inspiration across their way of sort of um, um, inspiring whatever it is that they design or whatever collections they come up with, no? Or do you think it's evolved? No, I think that all from the very beginning, I think um africa has always had these cultures that people look in people love the colors we have this vibrancy that design loves you know this festival of colors that africa offers and i think for so long africa has always contributed to what these people do you know but in africa do we celebrate this culture do we celebrate this vibrancy that we have yes yes we do but we do it by buying it when someone else does it we do it by celebrating what uh, Stella McCartney do does with it. Uh, but when our local designers do it, we don't celebrate it that much. But I don't blame the community that much. I mean, you can't buy what you haven't seen, you know. So I feel like we haven't had enough interplay. The community, the designer, sometimes we feel like our design is so good that our communities are too poor for this design. So we don't show there. So maybe a designer decides to show in Lekki instead of Sulele because they feel like that crowd in Lekki best represents where they're going. I have a question, um, Edgy, or just there. I just want to touch <laughs> on that. When you say, when we create designs, for example, as Africans, when we create or whatever it is, stories, whatever it is, collections, 
you're saying to me that sometimes you, you know the the brand might feel like maybe the community is not gonna be able to afford it so let's take it where to somewhere else yeah look so a, a brand might say for instance i'm using nigeria for instance right somebody might say look i'm gonna show my collection in lekki i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do everything that's where my crowd is uh, now I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go to another area. Maybe a Jagunle, maybe Sul area. But I think our success in growing a brand, like a community brand, is in community awareness, community outreach. But you can't outreach only to one side. So, but Eddie, how do, do you, we? But do you also believe that community awareness does not translate to sales, and does not translate to, to, um, to just business sense of whatever it is that you're selling? Meaning that the whole community but, can know what you're buying, but at the end of the day, what you're selling or what your story is, and they can buy into it, but they won't buy it not because they afford, they can afford it. I'm just saying to you from a, an African who was born here and bred here a little, I'm still in the continent, and I, even though I spread my wings around, I still feel like I understand, I try to understand the psyche of the continent uh, when it comes to how consumers behave, when it comes to their ways of consuming. And I think that one of the things I know about Africa, and anyone who wants to throw stones can throw this after the show, but Africans are not necessarily the most patriotic and supportive when it comes to this is actually a good brand. It's been produced by Edgy. Edgy is of Nigerian descent. He's based in Lagos. Let's jump on his stuff because this is just freaking ridiculous. It's amazing. I mean, ridiculous in a, in a positive way. I feel like what happens in Africa generally is... Africans consume from Africans who have already crossed the borders, have sort of made an impact across the seas and across the borders, and they consume because Rihanna bought it or because Beyonce is wearing it, meaning that it could have been edgy still from the corner there, Kalaba uh, edgy, but then at the end of the day, because edgy is based in New York or in London or wherever else and has been able to touch some of the most influential people, in the world, then Africa will jump on it. So when I when we say, and this is a real story, real thing, when I activate these days, and not from now on, from a while back, is I activate, but I start, even though I start here, because I am proudly African, and I have to tell the Africans what's happening about whatever it is I'm doing, I have to share my story locally, I still make sure that I cross borders, because unfortunately, your story will only be bought and, and appreciated by a lot of Africans, I'm not saying every African, after it mm. has crossed borders and, and has been so influential on the other side. Because that complex of where is more superior and where there's more power, unfortunately, is still beyond the borders. Not here. Like I said, like I said, right, we're early in this conversation. But the, the, what you are saying is the reason we're having this conversation. We are saying to African designers, your 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 heaven is home right we are saying to african consumers your heaven is home now how do we as african designers make this work how do we create this interplay of community and designer designer community that it becomes that we become relevant enough that we're a known brand like what's happening in china is because of relevance the chinese have begun to find their brands relevant and that that didn't just happen overnight. It's, it's, these are concerted efforts, you know. Um, so what are we doing in Africa? I think this is a challenge for us. Like, we have incredible talent. 
you know, I'm here, I'm doing some amazing work for some of the biggest brands, but I'm African, you know, I am. So I could have been in Nigeria, you know, but I guess what I'm saying is that we do have the time. There's a lot of amazing work at home, but we can't blame the consumer for not buying it. Maybe we're not projecting the work enough. No, you know? no, it's not and projection of the work. It's mindsets. Projection of the work is one part of it. Mindset may I say my own little two cents? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Okay, I'll tell you something about Chinese in particular, which I learned, you know, when I was in my MBA, I was in Shanghai for three weeks, right? And we learned a lot about Chinese culture. And one thing the Chinese in particular do is they try to influence fashion or anything with their norms. You know what I'm saying? So what is happening a lot in China is even brands like, you know, even Hermes, did you know that they have a Chinese version? It's called Shangzhou or something. And we went <laughs> oh, to the store what? and yes, <laughs> no, no, no. It's owned by Hermes. It's owned by Hermes. It's owned by Hermes, but Hermes opening, I think it's called, I'll, I'll find the name during the show and tell you what it's called. So when we were there, we went to visit the Hermes store and we went to visit this it was exactly because part of the topic in my mba we were talking about was how chinese are moving away from they're moving away from international brands including jewelry brands like tiffany and everything and they're moving into more chinese so they have very high-end brands now in china with oh my god amazing stuff but with a chinese influence you get where i'm coming from like construction wise um the look and feel so when we went to this um hermes owned store they also have apparently that store also has one in paris you know and it's owned by hermes but it's it's a totally different version of hermes it still has all the feel and luxury of hermes but shengxia is a like a, a chinese version but with china in particular everything is built on communist culture and it's ingrained in them and one thing they've learned is you know chinese people study confucius and one of the things they've learned is they don't they don't want to dilute their culture you know so they try to in, introduce their culture into everything design everything and that's why china as a nation is so 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 forthcoming and very proactive now can africa do the same I agree with EJ on a lot of points he made that, you know, it's, and I also agree with Liz because I think part of it is this thing where we always think, oh yeah, he's not international enough or <laughs> she's not international enough. I'm not going to wear her because who is she? Rihanna's not wearing her. But when you go back to it and you dissect it, you find out it's because partly it's because African culture is, has been so intertwined with American culture at the moment and we're moving more and more away you know from who we are and we're buying into something else you know now i also think part of what is happening now is the western culture is taking more notice of also africans so africans are designing in big fashion houses all over the world and some of them are influencing western design now for a lot of our designers the problem i think that lies for african designers is we're not then also not being showcased internationally enough you know mm -hmm. so i know a lot of people like the other day i was thinking oh my god it'll be great to just attend shows in nigeria south africa and something and then pull it 
you know, you, you curate a collection and have a store, let's say in New York or something, mm. and you have only African designers and the store is just curated just with African designers, but you curate it very well. You know what I mean? So it's, mm. then people start, because are you telling me that no one would walk in and buy? Of course, people are going to walk in and buy. They're actually going to like it because it's unique, you know, a lot of the designs. But I feel what is happening is a lot of them, African designers, are not getting the publicity they need. You know, and because they're not getting the publicity they need, people feel like, oh, well, they're not important enough. And if everybody's wearing this, I mean, if Kim Kardashian or Beyonce tomorrow wore, let's say, you know, city junk, edgy stuff, everybody will be buying it. I'm not saying city junk is African per se, but edgy is an African designer. So what I'm trying to say is that influence also counts for a lot, but at the same time, the Chinese in particular are very different because they are strongly ingrained in their culture and the government does anything to help them, anything that has to do with their culture because they don't want to lose it. They've really done well you know? at conserving that. Thank you, Amanda. I think those are exactly. really, yeah, I think those are really key points. And I, I, I wanted to, go ahead. Go ahead, Edgy. It's your turn. No, one thing I wanted, one thing I wanted to add. And so one of the things that I found out from Fashion Week this time, like, so Lagos Fashion Week, for instance, coming up in November, three as four is showing in Lagos, which is huge. That tells you like, Yes, for so many years, Africa African migrated, migrated our culture, migrated everything to the West. But, I mean, right now, we are one of fashion's biggest markets that would of grow. Of course. You know? Yeah, so but, now the big designers but, are going to look at that. But for me, but for me. Okay. And Wakanda forever. Thank you. Appreciate Thank that. you. No, but no, also. No, but. Without Wakanda forever. But, but also. And, and all these big designers using African in-house but, designers but people, guys we wouldn't guys. appreciate ourselves but also what exactly. i just want to say and i love three years four but i'm just saying to you edgy that imagine if all of these fashion weeks or majority of the bigger fashion weeks in the continent were populated with the baddest continental designs by different continental designers or diasporians i don't care whichever way but i'm just saying to you three years four coming to show is great i think that's fantastic it's open open eyes open minds but at the same time, for me, when we get back to this topic and we also look at interests of Africa and how, because my interest, I, we can have this show all day long and we can have a fashion lab and we can dissect the business behind fashion in Africa and beyond. But my interest as an African child is still Africa and then beyond. So I just feel like uh, uh, three as four or whoever else comes in is great. But what I also look at, how I also look at it sometimes is it's, takes away from another African brand getting airtime in Africa. Why, why do we have to go get airtime in LA? No, I'm just saying to you, Edgy, when we talk about it, let's talk about it and let's sort of look at it from, a, let's segment the markets and say, okay, fine. If China is doing what they're doing, fantastic. Amanda's also opened up their psyche a bit so we can understand where they're coming from, that whole communism element that's sort of underlying when we look at Africa, what are we going to do differently? Because I think for me, at the end of this conversation today, I hope that we can be able to open up uh, this conversation enough to be able to sort of feel and understand how we can move forward and make make a difference or make this different. It's because it's I tiring. Mean, 
I mean, I think I hope you are not saying that African designers can't compete enough when because I think African designers can stand to 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 three years four. It's just I'm not saying they can't. I can. I'm not saying they cannot compete. Yeah. I'm just saying in that lineup, if I had a fashion week, yeah, here in this continent, yeah. or if I had a music festival, ninety nine point nine percent of my uh, of my lineup would be Africa because you know what, Africa is so hot. Whoever it is that's curating or whoever it is that's selecting who fits into their platform definitely has a lot to do with that. And obviously there's so many different platforms here. But at the end of the day, whoever it is that says, this is our fashion week, this is who we want to bring in. There's a reason as to why they have a strategy, they have their own thing. So I'm not knocking off bringing other people. I'm just saying to you, when you have a festival like, what was the music festival where people got attacked here again? What was it called? The one with the... With the Beyonce, Jay Z, and everyone else, who, what was it called today? Yeah, oh, that that um, that concert uh, was that, that concert. Over fifty percent of that was international, in Africa, and I think one of the biggest global citizen. That's it. So for me, what I'm what I'm saying okay. to you is, we also have power, and the power that we have is, for example, we have Fashion Lab Africa. We sit and we talk and dissect the business behind fashion on this show on a weekly basis since 2014. And anybody who listens to this show will know that our interests are in also making sure that we can develop the African fashion industry generally. From an economic perspective, from uh, just to better the, the situation, whichever way you look at it. So I'm just saying that we can do more for what we want Africa to be. We can do much more. We're not doing enough. So whoever wants to come can come. Africa is open. We love you all. Come. But that doesn't solve the so that does not resolve the issue. Okay, I I, I mean I think uh, to be honest, there's so many ways to to look at this. I, again, we are starting this conversation. We're getting into this conversation very early in this trend, but I do feel like we. We need as designers to, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it's anything, it is just a wake up call for us to integrate more with our communities because we can change attitudes, you know, we can change perceptions about what our brands are, you know, and we need to do that because at the end of the day, this is going to be a strong trend where designers are going to come out from outside to come and show in Africa and we got to be present at home so we can own the stage and not just have all these designers come in they own the stage outside and then they own the stage in Africa too. That is not the community's challenge. That's our challenge also to be competitive, you know? And I think I, mean, me, that's how I, I, I still think for me, I also agree that, you know, for me, I also like the idea of balance. I believe that globalization has played a very big role in where we are today. And I love globalization because access to anywhere is freaking 24 hours. I mean, like, please. So I love the fact that you can wake up and go these days much more easier than you could. I love the fact that you can wake up, have a dream like Martin Luther King and just spread your wings and fly like a butterfly. But at the same time, we can fly away all we want. But what's going to happen here now? <laughs> so for me, my take on nativism, I think there are just two pillars to it. Our identifying with our brands and celebrating our work together with our communities. And I think as we can, as we do that, our brands grow stronger within our communities. We need to grow community presence for our brands. Hmm. That, that's, yeah. 
Well, Aja, thank you so much for your echoes. We really appreciate them. And for those who are tuned in, our lines are open. Uh, when I say our lines, I mean our t- <laughs> lines on social media are open. <laughs> we are on Twitter at Fashion Lab AF. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Fashion Lab Africa. And uh, if you have anything you want to share, please share with us your thoughts. We are operating on this native conversation, yeah? homegrown, everything, and that and all of that. So, yes, we'd love to hear from you. Um, this is uh, Fashion Lab, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. And now we are rolling over to Glamish with Zakia Bam. I really love this segment as well because I get to learn a few tips and tricks. But welcome to the show again, Zakia. Thanks, Liz. Um, so my little take on nativism. Um, South Africa is a country which is made up of many cultures, as you know. I mean, the only people that truly belong to South Africa is the Spain and the Kui people. Um, so South Africa is a rainbow nation. When it comes to supporting local personally, I always look at Africa as a continent. Um, we have such an incredibly diverse continent with such rich cultures and such proud nations. And honestly, it just feels like the world hasn't even scratched its surface. It's like people have come here. Yes, they've used some of our things, but it's not truly what South Africa has to give. They've also taken us only by face value because we ourselves, I feel, haven't um, valued ourselves. We haven't really fought for our continent. You know, people have come and they've taken from here, but nobody's really, you know, made, made something about it and said, you know, call them out on it. Well, but um, but hold so, on, Zakia, hold on. Call them out yeah. of call them out of, on it is um, yeah. you know the morning after the night before after you've had some good whatever you had okay the morning yeah. after okay the morning after is not a celebration the moment is what the celebration is supposed to be sort of what sort of uh, where the celebration is supposed to be sort of moving around that's what I think so when you say we have not really done or sort of uh, made a call around what's been taken. My thing is, let's go way back for a minute. It's not supposed to be a conversation based on what has been taken. I think it's supposed to be okay. a conversation about who are we and what do we have, and how can we make exactly the best out of what it. we have to so, offer. Yes, yeah, so, like so making a conversation. Ourselves. Yeah, but hold on, Sakia. Making a conversation about what was already taken means it was already taken. It means it's too well, too, two minutes too late. Yes. So I'd rather that we okay. focus on how do we, what do we do before the things were taken? Because if I hear one more, this was taken away from us. What were you doing? Drinking? What were you doing? Obviously, it wasn't Lizzo Gumba yeah. wines. But whatever but, you were doing. Yes, it's almost like, like I feel like people have always had this, like I feel Africans have always had this fear. Like we've all, okay, we've, we've tried, but it's almost like when, the, when it really comes down to doing business, it's almost like the fear kicks in and it's like okay right okay maybe we've gone a little bit too far and then other people will be like okay right let us take it from you and we'll make it better and then you can just have and a we'll small sell it back to you exactly and we'll send it back we'll sell it back to you but you can just that, that's all that it will be my brand and and we've, we've allowed it we've allowed people to do it to us i mean it's happened i mean how many times i mean we spoke about it in one of the earlier shows as well for me, what I want to say to Africa who's listening right now before I touch base with Edgy and Amanda is I feel, sorry, I'm going to take over your your, your, your glamish for a second, Zakia. I feel yeah, that, yes, if I hear one more African person in this continent saying something was taken from them, I will have to run yeah. or slap you or do something really drastic. 
because <laughs> what were you doing when something was taken away from you and why does yeah. it have to be that only when Barbary splashes it on the runway then you're like oh we have this yeah only when we should the Maasai blanket or whatever comes from whatever else or Louis Vuitton does something and is inspired by whoever comes in and does what they're doing then you're like oh they took it from us they did not take it from you what happened was that whatever you were doing whether you were sleeping under the mango tree after drinking it was definitely not Lizzo Gumbo wines whatever you were doing under the tree while you were supposed to be grinding that is the effect of it so I think it's about waking up I don't we don't need to focus yeah. and the other thing is we focus too much and we spend too much time you look at the tabloids you look at this you look at that everyone's like oh my gosh guess what they did they took this from us no you are not doing anything with it and the worst thing is guess what it's in your backyard mm. how, how, how you going how are you going to come back with that africa if you're listening what's your comeback no <laughs> i mean you, you have to understand that this is this is this is a global marketplace and everybody has to find their way to compete i just think that as designers I think there's a part of African designers that suffers from this idea that Africans love foreign brands. I know African designers are working very hard to beat that, to beat, to beat. It's a barrier to, to success, to be honest but with you. But to me, Eji, it's more yeah. about, instead of, instead of calling it a barrier, I would say rather about a, 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 a balance, you know, between that African and the world, you know, that's what I'm looking for in fashion, you know, I'm looking for that, that, that balance that says I'm African, but also has that modern splash on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like African designers, they do African, but they do it pretty truly African. No, 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 Zakia, no, not today. Today is a new day, honey. 2019, I will okay. give you a whole, I can show you a whole <laughs> list of, Af I mean, African designers who are woke are like, literally, my Google, yes. there are so many that... Yes. It's a revolution. That's something we can celebrate. If something I want to celebrate is where we are on the level of craftsmanship, craftsmanship, of workmanship, of, 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 uh, there's Definitely. some wicked brands in this continent. I have to take my hat off. Respect. There's, that's not a question anymore. My only thing is, what are we doing now? How are we going to make, how, what are we going to, how are we going to make this different? Amanda, you're very quiet in this, uh, fashion lab, uh, fashion lab. <laughs> it's weird having us so quiet. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, I really don't know, but Zakia, I think one of the things I would appreciate is if you can also open it up from a beauty segment or whatever it is that you have to share with us. And obviously, we are still okay. continuing this topic. For those who are tuned in, we are dissecting the conversation around nativism, and uh, that's obviously in fashion and beyond and uh, we're just trying to figure out how we can be able to set up this space so that from a diasporian perspective uh, we can be able to sort of uh, leverage the homegrown trend and sort of also bring this back into the mind and like we said and like I said we're not forcing you to buy local but if local is so damn good why are you not buying it okay so Okay, so therefore, I would like to offer my top three local brands to supporting South African skincare and body treatments. <laughs> um, so number one is I love Screen Creamery. Um, it's getting back to the basics without losing on luxury. Um, the products are super simple to use, um, all natural. They contain premium oils um, and sourced by sustainable products. They are also cruelty-free. 
Um, the second uh, brand that I absolutely love is Skincare Apothecary. Um, I recently started using this brand, uh, introducing this brand into my skincare about three months now. Um, it's incredible. It's um, all natural ingredients blended together, and it's especially it's 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 amazing for that lady that wants to use essential oils and oils and natural African clays, but are afraid to uh, and or overwhelmed as to how to mix them together. Um, the third product that I love is the Balabasi range. So they have from everything from teeth whitening, detoxing, cellulite treatments, home cupping, to stress oils. I mean, it's a uh, super amazing product. Um, as, as far as I know, they also import overseas, so it's available everywhere, but incredible products. So those are my three um, recommendations. Yes, thank you, Zakia. <laughs> <laughs> and anything else you want to add on to this topic around just uh, nativism and uh, sort of the role that it plays maybe from a beauty, uh, cosmetic industry perspective? Um, cosmetic industry, uh, definitely. You know, I actually, I would really like to go and visit um, one of our countries, um, I, uh, either Kenya or either Nigeria. You know, they've got um, one of the biggest beauty industries in the world and I've I'm not going to dive into it because it's something I really want to get into and I really want to go there because I feel that it's definitely worth looking locally first and making something amazing. Do you find that in your industry that also, do you find that the consumers, so let's just talk about it from a reference point of SA because you live here and obviously you deal with a lot of people here. Do you find yeah. that your that the consumer, the beauty or cosmetic consumer is gravitates more towards um local brands or international brands or is there a sort of connotation that well if it's not if it's from here it might not be on the level or what's the conversation around that when it comes to your industry um okay when it comes to skincare and stuff when it comes to skincare skincare and beauty strictly i would definitely say um people when it when it comes to their skin they definitely prefer something more local made i think because uh, it's fresher, the ingredients are fresher, it's not like it has to be shipped. I mean, as you know, in South Africa, we have a problem with um, getting parcels in. Uh, customs is always an issue. And we and, and the custom charges itself are ridiculous. So sometimes you end up getting a parcel and it charges you three or four times more, or it ends up land, landing and staying in customs for like up to six months. Uh, when it comes to makeup, on the other hand, um, I think people definitely shop more uh, overseas brands. Um, I think so. I, I, there definitely is brands, but um, not anything that has jumped up on my radar. So, would you say that your consumer, the consumer, the beauty or the cosmetic consumer in this market, do they spend more on local? cosmetic brands or international cosmetic brands international brands and why would you say why why would you think why why is that what is it would you i think it's more i think personally it's more just a hype to say i have a certain brand or i'm using so and so brand because i mean even on websites that i go on i mean if i compare skincare apothecary to say um shop betty online that does only uh, international brands so one is completely local, one is completely international. And the international brands, whenever you go on, it's always sold out. Hmm. So so is it back to the mentality of the people that they just feel like the brands coming from outside are more superior? Definitely. 
Definitely, without a doubt. And what do you think is going to be able to change that sort of mindset? I think definitely, next, like how in the next five uh, years, in the next, yeah. Community awareness. So I think community awareness is really a big thing. I think social media is amazing. I think it's really, it is definitely changing the game. Um, people are definitely also becoming more woke. They're not also just listening to everything that um, everybody else tells them. But also influences also play such a big part of it, you know. Um, if the influence, if our local influences are continuously looking only at international brands, how are you going to create brand awareness for your people around you? Because then it means that we have to open our mindsets bigger and farther. Because I feel yes. like that's the problem. Definitely. And that's why when you say yes. that, if we can just move our focus and know that yes instagram is a great source of information but then there's also a lot of other sources of information and then what does it mean to be cool you know does it mean that because bonang is yes. wearing this you should wear it or is it because the, can i tell you guys something mm -hmm. that i think is huge look there are all these african designers all over the world that just populate the industry at very high levels one thing they made, one thing that inhibits them showing in Africa, it's not because they don't want to show that. It's just the organization of these shows are not really good. When you say if Africa, sorry, he, I want to get that right. I don't know if you made a mistake. You said African designers across the world. Yes. Look. Showcasing in Africa. Showcasing in Africa. Yes. I'm confused. No, I think that one way that we can drive African design, uh, uh, like. Just, so the diaspora um, showcasing in the continent. It's, uh, it's one way to drive the, the, the demand, to drive the desire for these African brands and to drive that, to, to kind of make them uh, relate to the communities. It's like, so if you have a good organization that does the fashion shows, right? Like an, uh, that can invite somebody like Virgil Abloh's Off-White and Duro uh, Lowu and all of this these big designers who are out here who can come to Nigeria and, and, and show their brands with confidence that, you know, the organization is going to be great. It will really uplift that awareness of African brands. You know, these, these brands are African really in a sense. They're just living in, in the diaspora like I live in the diaspora. But they are African. You know, it's not just they have to be in Lagos. It's just we are African. We are everywhere. But we have to be able to show in Africa and be recognized in Africa as native brands, as, as indigenous brands, you know. But it, you have to have enabling circumstances for these guys to come because if you're used to showing in these in this really cool places and well organized, you might have uh, trepidations about going to show somewhere where you don't feel the organization even understands how big you are, you know. I mean, that's I feel that can drive this this um, idea of embracing local brands further for me what i think and what i feel when i sit here in the continent is for example if oswald Bolton came to do a show here he would get more hype outside than here i'm telling i'm just saying okay the house is very quiet <laughs> i'm saying something to you guys or if duro or with somebody else if a diasporian big name came to show here, they would rather have, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, they would rather have a Gucci show here. No, I'm just saying, sorry, let me take that back. The hype would be bigger if another brand showed. 
So another thing I want to say to you is, and this is what I feel again. This is how I live here and I feel it. And no one can take away my feelings. If you don't like it, you can just drink Lizogumbo wine. But we are changing. No, I I want to say something, Edgy. Edgy. If Duro came here, okay? Let me finish Mm -hmm, here quick. mm -hmm. If Gucci came here, whoever, three years, four, Bibu, whoever, I would still take my hat off because for me, I celebrate great brands. However, there's something very laser fair about the attitude in the continent where it could be Obama walking across the street and people are just like, oh, it's him. Okay, let me continue selling my fish. So I'm just saying to you that it's a, the mindset thing is a very big thing. And it doesn't mean that the brands that you're mentioning are not big. It doesn't mean that what you're suggesting is not going to work. But I'm just saying, I am looking at the way things are here. I'm just looking. This is what I see. And it's shocking. Echoes from Europe with Francesca Marzilli. (laughs) Hello, here I am with my echoes from Europe. And um, I was uh, listening carefully what uh, what you said, but uh, from a perspective, uh, a different perspective of a creative uh, and uh, designer, um, and uh, also history observator, because I am also uh, an observator of uh, about uh, history in fashion. I can I can tell you that uh, we we need to distinguish uh, that kind of uh, exotism that is a current aesthetics about aesthetics uh, in fashion and the nativism. Exotism is when uh, you you put uh, accessories or you you make uh, a research and uh, take the uh, elements from a culture and uh, to, to redesign or to inspire yourself and create something new. Nativism is when, uh, when you want to say, uh, I belong here and I want you to know this. Mm. It's, it's a very different approach. Um, as as European, I have to tell you that uh, since uh, the Roman, also Greek times, uh, uh, we have a, a lot of episodes of uh, uh, more or, or less successful of uh, uh, exotism. But uh, uh, nativism, I think, is a very contemporary phenomenon because uh, we have a great great uh, migrations now in this period and uh, that results in, in globalization mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the, the formation of multicultural kind of fashion. Uh, so there is, it's a kind of reaction uh, people has uh, towards this kind of uh, mix, over mixing uh, um, elements from different cultures. Uh, I think that nativism in fashion is uh, um, never as now is a very uh, contemporary phenomenon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I also like, Francisca, what you're saying about the fact that globalization and, and its existence is also uh, sort of driven or sort of derived from a sort of melting pot of different cultures. So, for example, 
Um, Edgy is originally Nigerian. That's just an example. He's been mm-hmm, in New York mm-hmm. for so long that his mm-hmm. ideology of what design is and what design means and how he actually tells his stories may be heavily influenced by where he's been for the most part of his life, which is the U.S. It doesn't mm-hmm, take away from mm-hmm, the fact that he is Nigerian. So for me, it's an interesting conversation because it also makes me wonder, how does it play? Do you get to a point, Edgy, where when you want to present uh, City Junk into uh, Nigeria, they might probably say... It's not African enough or vice well, versa, where when you want to present it in uh, New York, it is not American, but it's not, you know, so it's just that whole thing of us also realizing that uh, we are uh, a melange of different cultures based on our movements and based on uh, how we move around. Francisca, you're Italian. You're based in Portugal. You're married to Portuguese. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you still hold on to both cultures. And again, when you yeah. create, the question then becomes, are you considered, are you Italian enough? Are you Portuguese enough? Or what are you, what are you even? When, so that when nativism Without. plays in your game, what is, who is, who would consider you native? Where are you native? Same with Edgy. Uh, same with Amanda in her craft. Um, maybe, maybe same with me. Italian. Yeah, but I'm just 100% saying, Italian. yeah, but I'm just saying to you, you can't be what you are, but... Whatever it is that influences you is based also on where you live and how you play wherever you play. And what happens is whatever it is and how it translates may still be what Francisca feels is Francisca Marzilli, but somebody else in Italy might say that's not Italian enough. Somebody in Portuguese might say your thing is not Portuguese enough. So I'm just saying I, I really thought that that was a very profound point you made Mm -hmm. when you said globalization has played such a big role in the sense that yeah. when you think about this word or this thing that but we're I, dissecting, what does it actually mean or how does it translate? But I, I, I think in my circumstances, uh, I have to admit you that I live in a constant balance between the, the both cultures. Because uh, I live in Portugal, as you said, and I have so many influences from here but my my roots are italians so um it's it's a mix in my small uh in a small uh proportion i'm a global uh, <laughs> i'm a global uh, human being yeah but another question for you edgy before you come in I'm, I'm i'm just finishing this quick sorry one second so another question i'm curious or something i'm curious about francisca is when you create or when you yeah when you create your stories around fashion or when you create your collections or whatever it is you create when it comes to fashion do you find that you gravitate more towards can the portuguese people relate more to your fashion or is it the italians that relate more to it look i cannot say this so uh, it depends a lot from the market i need i need to know who i'm selling to I need to know which uh, which is my market. So you design based on I your market. Adapt. Yes. Wow. This is kind. This is kind. Uh, this is a kind of. Um, um, it's just uh, when I design how haute couture that I'm pure, let's say so, purely Italian because I feel this. But uh, when I I think that I need to. Uh, to reach a market, 
to sell in a market uh, that is in a specific segment, I need to consider that because otherwise the risk that I have is to work without any result. But Francisca, creativity is like mm. the truth from the inside out. And what happens is when we talk about authenticity. Yes, I know this. Yeah, so when we talk about authenticity, it means that there is a part of you that whatever, I don't care if they tell you, bring it to Angola, bring it to Spain, bring it to where. There is something that is embedded in how you design, whether you like it or not, whether you're conscious about it or not. And that is the thing well, this is... that is that is your thing. It's a thing that's in you. That means that that's whatever it is. If it's more Italian, or it has more Italian, Italian without any doubt, with basic Italian any, sort any of doubt. ways of 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 of, of, get, of design, and then you being able to manipulate it to suit a certain market. But the thing is, the heartbeat of it is something that you cannot you cannot wake up and say today, I want to be Cristo, and then tomorrow you're Francis. And then, like, you can't be all those things. You can still be Francisca, but with a thing. Whoever it is, I'm sure that your consumer comes to you and knows that whatever she's doing for me, there is a thing about it. That thing is, mm -hmm. that is your USP. It's your unique selling point. It is your, in your DNA. It's like your DNA. It's like your, what does Nadima call it? The, I, the ID, your irresistible differentiator. That's it. Uh -huh. It's whether you change markets or not, it will always be there. Then I can tell you that uh, is Italian without any doubts. So that's why na My, nativism, yeah. yeah, that's why nativism is a very important topic today. And what we find is whether yeah. we believe in it or not, we are a part of it. Whether we, I don't care how global we, we go, I don't, yeah. Edgy and uh, Zakia and Amanda, if you're here, you are very quiet. Um, <laughs> no, just listening. I mean, for me as African, I mean, I'm in New York. I work with all these top brands and they all bring their own different cultures to, to what I have to do for them. But when I do my own work, when I design my own collections, I am really African, you know, in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, it influences my silhouettes. It influences the way, I, the, way the wind blows in my head. Because for me, designing, motion is important for me in designing. But I see these motions only in African circumstances, you know? Um, but that's not because, it's not because I force myself, so it's just what comes to me naturally. But I do agree with, with Liz, yes, you have something that it's yours when you're designing. You have an identity in your designs. Yes. For, me, mm. for me, mine is African, but my interpretation of it is very cosmopolitan, very... Yeah, it's very, very, very um, contemporary, um, and that's what a lot of African designers do. Um, if you know, I, I think everybody has this identity. So actually, it's it, that's why we broach in this topic so early because yes, there is a lot of a lot around it. Francisca is very correct that mm. it is new. It's a contemporary. It's a new feeling, but it's a feeling that's gonna grow. I mm. feel because we yeah. have to be totally native to succeed well not because yeah. not not that it only that's the not that that's the only thing we need to succeed but we should be we should aim to succeed at it mm -hmm. yeah wow guys i like that edgy one more question for you when you're there and you do what you do for all these years you've been doing have you ever been sort of do people consider you an african branch or do they consider you as just a brand 
They consider me as just a brand. And and in Africa, when people know of your brands, would they consider you African, diasporian, or just a brand? I I wonder about that sometimes. <laughs> I don't know for sure. Do you want me to yes. give, do you want to give me something little on the side and just let me do some research for you, honey? Talk to me. No, you. because I I do feel like there's a pride that you're African. I see that mm-hmm. in their reaction. But do they consider you an African brand? I don't know. I think there's a difference between somebody being proud of you doing it and somebody feeling you, you belong to me. Do you not market yourself as that, Eji? Hmm? Do you do you not market yourself as that? That is what I'm, that's why we're having this conversation, right? That yes. we should market ourselves more. I don't know, but to market yourself yeah. as an African brand, would you? Why would you yes. market yourself as an African brand? I would do it totally because. You so then, to why are you not doing, Edgy? Please hold on, hold on. Why are you not doing it? That's you, what Francisca is saying, but that's why we're having this conversation. No, but Edgy, your brand, your brand is older than this conversation, and you did not market it as an African brand. So what are we but talking about? But this is about? the new, this is the new reality. <laughs> ah, Baba, you've been caught out. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I do agree that I haven't done enough. Like I think most of us haven't done enough. No, honey, no, no, no. Edgy, Edgy, hold on. Sorry to cut you off, Edgy, but it was almost like how I said earlier, Les. It's like almost like we we were always afraid. It's like we were African. Yes, we were African. We were proud to be African. But it was almost like we were afraid to shout it out. <laughs> Edgy, you know what? <laughs> you just got caught out. <laughs> I, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, so, no, no, no. I think that's why this. When I read this thing about China and this, I'm thinking, you know what? We have to totally be native. We have to seek to be native. Not, don't, yeah, but hold yeah. on, Edgy. It's not we. You say you. You know how some of us have been in the game and they know that we're African brands. So I think um, nativism is not something that you have to literally... I don't think you have to hold a placard on your head and have, you know, whatever it is that is. I think that the people need to remember and to know who you are based on the fact that they feel like they're connected with you, based on the fact that they can feel you, based on the fact that your brand resonates with them or they've seen it or they've felt it enough on the ground. So I think that even if I lived in India today, I wouldn't have to introduce myself as African, but I feel like people will know that, okay, it's Liz, it's Africa. I mean, if you hear Liz and you don't see Africa, something's wrong, you need to get prescription glasses or something. You need to go get contacts. So I think, Edgy, you have homework to do. I think that uh, this conversation Please, really been... before you run away, before you run away with this, I need to ask you, was that, was that something you embraced or was that something that happened? It first and you. For me, I embraced... Honey, embrace okay, hold on. Can I ask you a question so you can answer that for yourself? Where do I live? Yes. Where do I live? Exactly. You no, no. Uh-huh. Right? Where am I? Uh, so, we are broadcasting live here. Where are we broadcasting from? So that, what I'm, I, I'm asking you a question, right? but please, no, no, no. You respond you? to mine so I can finish your response. Come. Okay. Where okay. are we broadcasting from? From Africa. Where do we hold it down with Fashion Lab Africa? Exactly. Africa. I, I'm asking. Answer the question. <laughs> no, I mean, we call uh, uh, it because uh, uh, it is African. Uh, <laughs> so, Edgy, enough said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but you still have run away. You haven't answered my question, but I'll let it go. What's the question, Edgy? You've answered it. Okay. I will, I will accept that. Edgy, I have, lived, <laughs> I have lived around the world, and I'm here. Even when I don't feel no, like no, being I, here, I, mean, I, I know, but I'm saying you you have it easy. You can. I don't have it. Easy. E- like are you, you kidding can... me? <laughs> no. no, I don't I have it easy. 
I'm the one no, who should be I'm sitting in New York so I can it's have it easy. To have this expression oh, when you're stationed there, we for us we have to find the ways to do it. You know, it's more difficult. It for is us harder for us. Africa, Thank trying you. Trying to brand yourself. Thank overseas. you very much. Then you love. Then you you actually loving me. You, you live there. No wonder you forgot Africa. to brand yourself. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after this music break. <laughs> I, I give up. So, wow, Amanda, what are your thoughts on this conversation? It's getting really heated up in here. Um, You know what? The whole thing with nativ- na- nativism, I can't even pronounce it. I know, it. right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing about it is, um, you know, we have to... There are two things I was thinking about whilst we were having the conversation. The first one was, you know, there's the rise of brands, you know, like going native. As a native, we mean having an influence of their own culture, you know what I mean, into their design. But then there's also the thing that EJ was talking about, about people, especially in Africa, appreciating local brands, you know? And I think they're two totally different things because, for example, in Africa, do we have an influence um, of our of our um, traditions in our fashion? Yes, I would say in a lot of countries they do, right? Because mm-hmm. majority of the people cannot even afford to buy Western fashion, so they wear very traditional garb and stuff like that. So there is an influence of the of our you know culture in our fashion. But on the other hand, I know what he's talking about about in the general aspect. There's this rise of nativism, but when I thought of native nativism, I was thinking like just the fact that we don't like, you know, like as we were saying in Africa, sometimes people don't appreciate our own homegrown brands. Mm. But that's not necessarily because some of them, you know, when I, when I look at brands, like if I think about your brand, Liz, you have an element of African culture built into the brand. You understand mm. what I mean? So when we are talking about this nativism thing, we have an influence of Africa in your brand, which is what the Chinese people were doing with their lingerie. So even if the lingerie is very, you know, they put an influence of China, which was the same with that, um, the store I was telling you about. The reason it was so different from Hermes, even though it's owned by Hermes, is because Hermes realized that China is a big power player as far as it comes to buying, you know? Mm. But they also realized that the young Chinese people were moving away from brands that everyone had you know like the chanel's the gucci's the hermes the this they wanted something that spoke to them that was more so what they tried to do like when you go in shangsa is you see like for example they have a tea room in there that is like chinese tea and you can have all these and they, and all the design is got a chinese influence so i would say um even if we are not as africans sometimes i feel mm-hmm. like you said support our local brands the question is, how many of our local brands are actually using an African influence in their design? <laughs> but Amanda, just to throw back at you, how many, for example, in the influence of when we were speaking about China, Chinese and the, them absconding, not really absconding, but like Victoria's Secret is definitely, the way they are operating is probably going to close down soon. I don't know why they think that they, or they're claiming sort of a growing share um, expected to be worth more than $64 billion by the end of 2022, when the consumer behavior in china is definitely evolving as well as as where as everywhere would but i feel like in africa if you decide or if the designers or 50 percent of the designers decided let's just make this african give it the african aesthetic in a very raw level 
No, people would abscond it. Because no, but you, you, okay, that's exactly no, 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 Liz. You're getting me wrong. When you go into this shop, and see, or you look at the lingerie that company is doing from China, mm-hmm. it's an influence. It's a touch. You okay. know what I mean? It okay. doesn't have to be the fabrics. You could still have denim trousers. You could still have. It doesn't have to go like, oh yeah, this is Afrocentric. Okay. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Okay. It's just a touch. What they do is in the design, like some of the shoes, the way they cut the shoes. You could see that it had that slight, you know, like influence from the geisha you know what i'm trying to say okay, okay. it was just in the influence in the touch it's you know and I, I think sometimes that's where african designers make a mistake like your stuff is like that like i don't think your stuff for example if i wore it people wouldn't necessarily know no it's by it's an wrong. african designer <laughs> yeah because they'll just say oh i really like the way that skirt is but like is that the, a you know, good thing know. or a bad thing god Back no, it's a good thing because it's a it's an essence of, you know what I'm trying to say. So you're throwing an essence of tradition into your fashion. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, you know, it's like you could design a beautiful evening dress and then you create a beautiful turban with it, you know, mm. which is the African element mm. of it. You know what I'm trying mm. to say? Mm. Or it's just, you know, the essence. But I find some of the African designers are going <laughs> totally Western, you know, which is okay too. So basically the there is extremism. There is either the more traditional boo-boo, mama, mama Africa, here I come. Exactly. Or it's just completely, I do not know. You know, you walk into a space and you don't know, you do not know where that thing is from because it could be from, it could be H&M, it could be, it could be anything. Yeah, but just you a- would see that the ones that have the essence of Africa mm. in their designs are the ones actually doing even well. Better, like, you know, the better. Tiffany Ambers, the Duro Luos, you know, they're not, they don't design totally African, but you can see the elements, element. even if it's color they use. But you also, know what I mean? Just yeah. the color. But how would you, yeah, but you how know? would you respond? You know what I also found very tricky? About two years ago, I think, is when it really became such a big thing, where I remember walking in the high street in um, London, and I'm like, what the hell? I walked into H&M, then Topshop, and then the next shop, and the next, and everything. It's like half the pieces had an African print, not from African brands. Mm-hmm. So again... Because of globalization, and you know, you missed a bit of Francisca just sharing about the fact that, you know, there's globalization, and I love that. I also feel like the fact that we design the way we design, obviously design should be like the truth from the inside out. It should be authentic. It should be truly you. Meaning that if you're a globalized African fashion, global citizen with an African soul, it means we're going to experience different elements from whatever it is that you put out. And it's going to be a bit of a touch of Africa, maybe. There's going to be some denim in it, which is quite universal. There's going to be some whatever it is. So I feel like for me, when you when you break it down and say, because you're basically trying to break down what you sort of felt or thought about this topic, I think maybe we should push it to focusing more on homegrown because the element of design is one part of it. But the... But, fact that but the we question are, we talked about was na- nativism. Yes, but nativism. Yes, but nativism with a homegrown. Yes, and even when I introduced the topic, I still said nativism with a home. You know, I brought in the homegrown angle of it because at the end of the day, nativism could be so many. Th- could it's such a big word that that covers so many different things. So my specific focus was on homegrown brands because of the fact. Yeah, that, but for yeah. homegrown brands to work. They have to be brand builders. They have to be people willing to invest money in those brands. You understand what I mean? To bring them to the forefront, to have them in magazines. Don't forget, advertising and media is what we follow, you know? And until 
um, companies are ready to invest in African brands so that, you know, they can get them into showrooms where, um, you know, someone can pull an item and wear it at the Oscars. You know what I'm saying? Or they can get them into international catwalks. Until then, because we're globalized, people keep on looking. You know, at the moment, America is like the idol of everyone. And there's a movie stars from America, the idol of most people. You know what I'm trying to say? Even though in China and India, that's changing. But what I'm saying is fashion brands, for them to get out there and for, for us to win, uh, you know, people locally, mm. companies and investors need to invest more, you know, in mm. local fashion brands. True. Why doesn't LVMH come up with a store where they only sell like six African designers or 10 African designers? You know what I mean? The best of the best, you know, that type of stuff. So where, invest, where do you, you see know, the future of this and how do you see a change or a shift in this? Because we are so focused and we really want this homegrown thing to work. But like you've got a point and everyone has a point that, you know, how are you going to be a homegrown brand if the home people are not even buying you? How, how is that going to change? Where do you see the shift and how do you see it actually becoming a shift in the next, say, five, ten years? Especially in I Africa, because Africa is... Huh? Once the international community, you know how it is in Africa, the home people buy once the international community see that they're wearing it. Please tell us something completely different because we've spoken about that and I'm hoping it's not going to be that again. Is that really what it's going to be? Um, it's not like it's going to be one thing or the other, but I feel like for, for you to have an influence at home because of the way Africans generally... Their I'm not saying because of the way Africans are, <laughs> but, but because of the way... It is in Africa where a lot of influence is coming from overseas mm. and people kind of feel like if it's overseas, it's better, you know, and stuff like that. But that said, that said, Liz, in a lot of countries now, especially in Nigeria, they're, they're buying a lot of the local brands, you know. I think Nigeria is the you, most patriotic uh, country in this continent. First of all, let me just throw that out there because it's the truth. And it's also been yeah. a long time coming, but they are very, very, they're admirable. In the continent, they're yeah. admirable. What is that? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally get it. I think in the continent, Nigeria is one of the most admirable countries as far as pat patriotism is concerned. But I also feel it's due to the fact that there's a large population. There's a lot of buying power, you know. I agree with and you. And therefore, there's a lot of spending power. And there's a lot of people with wealth. Now, the thing is, maybe it's time for African... You see, I had an idea, and I had this idea like 10 years ago. I, not 10 years, like about four years ago. I sat down with my friend. And one thing we were doing was we were trying to curate African designers. You know what I mean? Like literally curate them. Mm. And we were thinking of having an online store like Net-A-Porter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But with only brands from Africa. So we, the idea was to go to fashion shows all around Africa you know and by you best. know and it's something that can still be done mm. and like say okay i want six of lisa gombo i want six tops from this i want this and curate our own mm. you know collections mm. you know mm. and have like a net porte you know and not only from africa from anybody that's designing worldwide that has you know ethnic we were going to curate from africa brazil you know so it was going to be africa south america and not as much asia and the idea was to set up an online store with the best of the best of them and you know like because fashion, it's all about how it's presented. You know what I'm trying to say? And the details and all that type of stuff. But when people find a website like a net a porte 
where I'm like, oh, we've got this, we've got that. Do you think they're not going to shop even here? They will, but that will get the African designers out there because what it is due to globalization it's a cross-pollination and at this moment the pollination is going one way it's going from the west to africa hmm. and africa is not pollinating on the other way you know what i'm trying to say hmm. we're nice. not Thank people from the people from the west are not like oh let me go buy lizogombo oh well if you know or where can i find lizogombo mm. or where can i find um durolua where can i find tiffany amber where can i find gavin raj where can i find david Daly? because there's no one person like um the netta porti mm -hmm. who's like oh yeah let me put a bit of lizogombo on here let me put mm. a bit of david Daly on here let me put a bit of this one that one you know gavin raj and then you know because you need an outlet because when those people put it on then the rest is history then the rest is and I, and I hope like, that oh this yes and I hope that those people will be asked people but guys this is fashion lab this is Amanda holding it down and we're keeping it so real it takes with Amanda. us and us finding investors you know and um taking you know taking you know like if people can do it for you you do it for yourself so it takes us finding investors developing something and developing a platform where we can take our fashion and say okay when you need to buy you know this type of fashion on it doesn't even have to be this or that type of fashion it's just another platform that sells fashion mm. thank you so just much so Amanda. To be majority of international designers you mm. know thank you so much amanda for that it's time for your wine style guide brought to you by liz ogunga wines francisca what's your wine style guide today Today, my wine style uh, goes to a Villarino green wine that is very a very fresh kind of uh, white wine made with uh, green grapes. Hmm. Not still mature. Very, very good. You need to try this. Interesting. What Especially is it? from the Duro area. What is it? Is it a, what's the name of the grape? Uh, the grape is a um, green grape. No, what's the name really? of the, what's the variety? What, what variety? No, no, it's, it's named green grape. It's a kind of um, a grape that is good to, to make wine just uh, without becoming mature. Yeah, but, so, but what is uh, it? Is it a Merlot? Is it a, is it a, is it no, a? No, no, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a native, uh, and there it goes, a native uh, kind of, um, of uh, grape. I don't know really okay. if the if uh, there is a they, special they has, name yes, for this you, quality. So, yeah, so Francisca, just to let you know, just to remind you, each grape, mm -hmm. each wine is made when you know. Obviously, wine comes from grapes, but then there's different mm -hmm. varieties of grapes, and the different varieties mm -hmm. of grapes is what sort of makes the wine become what it is. Whether it's pulled out in an early stage or el late stage. So, if it's a Merlot, for example. It is a mellow. No, no. That's the variety. It's not. If it's a, if it's a, come on, I know that there's a lot of different varieties of Italian wines as well. But anyway, guys, that's fine. It's cool. It's all good. Edgy, we are moving to you now. What is your wine style guide? Well, since I don't drink wine, I've been learning. I've been studying wine. I've been trying to understand all the different taste notes for wine. Fruity, floral, spicy, herb, earthy, mineral. All these kinds of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm studying up on wine. So that's what my my style guy would be. It's, you know, know your wine notes. <laughs> okay, Ig. Because hey. that's what I'm learning right now. All right, fantastic.
I think my wine style guide is, you know, it, you know, when you're drinking a bottle of wine and you can't finish it, you know, always remember to cork it properly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's you. a lot of stoppers out there in the stores these days that are very good and will keep it airtight. I know some of you try to shave off your cork and plug it in there. That could work as well. You know what I'm trying to say? And if it's red, you don't need to put it in the refrigerator. You can just leave it there in a nice cool closet, cupboard, and let it keep on fermenting or whatever it does. And if it's white, put it in the refrigerator and, you know, and, you know, consume it soon, hopefully. And, you know, that's my little two cents. Thank you, my love. Well, I think for me today, my wine style guide is another tip on wine because I realized we need more tips. Um, I know last week we spoke about the bottle. This week I want to speak about how to hold your glass. Now, also just make sure for those of you who say you know wine and you love wine and you're stylish and you're cool like that, make sure that you hold your glass by the stem or the base. So not the goblet, not, you know, not, so you can't have your wine. I don't know if beer drinkers hold the whole glass. I can't remember what other things people drink with with their hands all smudged up in the glass. But with wine, please hold the stem or the stock or the base. It's very chic. It's very wine. Anyway, we are moving on to our Fashion Lab top three today. And uh, when we think about this topic, after listening to all of these insights today, I feel like... um, Enlarging our economy through nativism with a focus on, on homegrown brands is a very big thing. And I think that these are my three tips based on this conversation today that we've come up with. So here is the top fashion lab top three for today. Now, the first one is if it's good and you like it, buy local. The second tip is Africa, focus on brand development strategies. It's one thing to have a brand. It's another thing to be able to get your brand to get you smiling to the bank. So, focus on brand development strategies. Number three, open up more space with better value for local brands. This is now going to all of the real estate holders, the malls, the whatever it is, the spaces. Guys, there's also real estate on the digital platforms as well. It's not just on a physical level, but... Let's open up more space with better value for local brands. Who would you want to dress? <laughs> We're going to start with Zakia. Who would you want to dress and why? And guys, let's keep it tight. Uh, today, I would like to dress Angela Bassett. Um, I remember her as her in her portrayal of Tina Turner back in the day, and I absolutely fell in love with her. I've always loved her and I've loved watching her grow as an actress. Um, This morning, I recently watched a clip where she spoke about woman empowerment and owning your beauty. And she's definitely somebody I love and I would really want to dress. She's an incredible woman. Wow, thank you. Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? Today, I am dressing my hero, who is my auntie. And I'm dressing her in City Junk in our tunic coat. Today, you're very precise. Thank you for not dressing any of us. <laughs> Francisca, who would you want to dress and why today? Today, I would like to dress uh, the Viola Davis. I already wanted to dress her uh, sometimes, but uh, I saw her in the last uh, campaign of L'Oreal and uh, I simply adore her. Hmm. Okay, who would you want to dress today, Amanda? 
oh wow today in the name of fashion and in the name of international designers and I would love to dress the one and only Queen Bee herself mm. because I know she's one that will be I'm you know she'll be pliable to being dressed with something you know from an African designer and due to her you know just her brand she'll get the whole message out there for us <laughs> but you know Liz whilst we're talking about that you know when you, you you're looking at Beyonce and all those people um, you know, sometimes she uses African designers in her videos. Yeah, she does. Or, and sometimes they copy or sometimes they mm. actually use them. But mm. people don't know. People watch it and they say, oh, my God, that's weird. But because she's not saying, oh, yeah, but by the way, this mm. is so-and-so. Mm. People don't know where to buy it. They're like, that look great on Beyonce. But then they don't know where to go and buy it for themselves. That's why we have to create our own. And that's why we have to pioneer our own We way. need to create a platform, which is what I've been thinking wait. for a long time. Mm. All right, guys. Today, I want to address Niba Elbajir. She's an award-winning senior international correspondent for CNN based in London. She joined CNN in 2011. She was Johannesburg-based. And uh, sort of this was uh, around the time before moving to New York, I um, mean, to Nairobi's network bureau. So I think for me, what I love about her is, and I watch CNN every day because I need to get wild news, but I love that the fact that she's, you know, in a different base, but she's of African descent. She's genuinely got an interest in seeing a change in Africa, genuinely. You know, when you watch some of these journalists and what they're doing, so I've seen her fight for women rights in Sudan, in Cote d'Ivoire, whatever it is and I feel like she's a true patriot and I think today because of the fact that the conversation has been sort of wired around nativism I think that this is uh, definitely the person who I want to address today who would you want to dress <laughs> now um, we are finishing up for those who are tuned in this is where we unpack these conversations we hope that whatever it is we are unpacking today around nativism, around uh, homegrown fashion, I know it's been very, very intense. I hope that this has been able to add value to you, your journey, where you are, where you're going, or sort of just given you some insights around what's the current situ when it comes to this conversation here. Like Edge said, it will still grow. Like Francisca said, it's very new, yes, but it has a chance to grow. And I think for me, my biggest thing is... If we can have these conversations, we can unpack them a bit. It can be sort of uh, the beginning of um, <clears throat> change or the beginning of influencing the direction that you take with your fashion business. We are um, definitely on fashionlabafrica.com. If you want to talk to us or share with us some topics that you would like to hear from the show uh, in the future, uh, please email us at info at fashionlabafrica.com because we definitely look forward to hearing from you. Any parting shots from our people before we plug out? Parting shots. I was, mm -hmm. I would say for us, as, as I would say, like, well, let's let's just continue to celebrate who we are as Africans, but as brands and as designers in our communities. And uh, for Edgy, I want to see you market yourself as an African designer. <laughs> I am. I'm working on that. Yeah. I'm working on that. Absolutely. And this is good. And this is very good. Absolutely. Any parting shots from you, Francisca? As a European, I don't have so much to, so much to, to tell you. Uh, I appreciate a lot what uh, all the efforts and uh, all the um, things are happening to uh, the fashion in Africa. 
and uh, I'm a very um, uh, I'm a very uh, fan of uh, of this, and uh, hope that uh, it develops more and more because uh, to reach the space that uh, deserve African fashion. I think for me, what I want to also say, uh, Francisca, as well, is that it's mm-hmm. not na- nativism is not um, def- is not strictly wired around Africa. It's just wired around wherever you are and how people celebrate yes. what you do and where you yeah. are. So I think for me, the biggest thing today is for you to be able to look wherever you are in your community, for you to be able to get leverage and sort of get that sort of sense of fulfillment of knowing that you know you're playing in a space where people know you that this is where you're from, this is what this is where you started. And, you know, I'm sure that every brand wants some sort of appreciation from from their their, their home, you know. Whether you're a diasporian mm-hmm. who left home at two years old or whether you're a brand that's still sitting in Africa who was born and raised and you're 50 years old, I don't really care whichever way. I just think that um, when we had a conversation with Francisca, and this is going to be on the next show, I think the next or the next two shows, is just around the past, the present, and the future of fashion. Um, and Francisca, men- I mean, sorry, not Francisca, um, Lucila Buzen, who's the CEO of uh, SA Fashion, mentioned that there is going to come to a time, according to her vision, she said there is going to come to a time where everyone's going to just have to uh, have to focus on what's within their surrounding. Because everything's mm-hmm. going to be so far-fetched, and people are going to go so far, but it's going to get to a point where people just want to be in their zone, within their zone, as close as possible. So it is up to you. For those who did not catch the show, or you caught it halfway, you can still catch the podcast on uh, fashionlabafrica.com. Um, do not forget to visit us for more uh, on the website and uh, keep in touch with us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, take care of yourself. Until next week, it is Toodles. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion.